Welcome to STR Unfiltered, where we give you actionable episodes without the bullshit. Here is your host, Bill Faith. Hey, short-term rental pros, this is Bill Faith. I want to tell you about a secret weapon that I've been using for quite some time to build my email list. There's nothing that does it faster and also helps us relieve the dependence on the OTAs, Airbnb and VRBO, then StayFi. If you've never heard of StayFi, it's just, it's a platform that connects to your router to where when guests check in, not just the booking guests, but every guest, they log into it to access your Wi-Fi. Just like when you stay at a hotel or you'd walk into a coffee shop. It's super simple, there's no friction, but most importantly, this allows you to grow your email list by your occupancy rate and not just by the booker. So you can do it four times faster, six times faster, or in my case, 10 to 15 times faster. There is a reason that I do 41% direct bookings. It's because I use a platform like StayFi to build my email list so fast, and then I have my 200-day funnel to go in and actually bring them back to stay with me again and again. Impressive, right? So here's the bonus. No contracts needed. All you need to do is use my name, the code Bill, B-I-L-L, for an exclusive 50% off your first three months with StayFi. And this is not just about attracting new guests, it's about transforming one-time visitors into lifelong ambassadors and return guests. So check it out. StayFi, it's my secret weapon, and I want it to be yours as well. Look, to lock in your StayFi discount and start cultivating your engaged guest list, go to stayfi.com slash bill. That's stayfi.com slash bill. Yep, that's my name, and watch your booking soar. Hey, everybody, Bill Faith here. Welcome back to STR Unfiltered. I've got a very, very special guest for you, a new friend that I met about five or six weeks ago. He is an amazing entrepreneur. He has funded over $2 billion uh, for small business owners and entrepreneurs. He's a member of the Ford's Finance Council. He has a community of over a million people in his database, and he is also a member of the Young Presidents Organization. This guy knows a thing or two about getting prepared to do financing. Now, I want to kind of just give you a disclaimer. He does not lend into the short-term rental space. He does not lend into real estate. And that's one of the things that I love about bringing these people onto my podcast. He's not here to sell you anything. So what he's here to do is to educate you after literally loaning over $2 billion to businesses. And we're going to talk about the challenges right now for people like you and me to be able to get funding, to buy real estate or make an acquisition for a new business or to take that next journey uh, in our entrepreneurship plan. So without further ado, let me bring up my man, Joe. Joe, how are you today, buddy? I'm doing great, Bill. It's great to, uh, to see you again. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, I'm really excited to chat with you today. I love talking about financing. I love, I'm not a bank guy, but you know, I love talking about (laughs) exactly. So tell them exactly (laughs) what you do. So I don't butcher your intro. No, all good. Um, yeah, I, I founded my company, National Business Capital, uh, back in 2007. I created a really um, like a business lending platform. It's really become like a, a debt placement platform now. Very simply, we help business owners that are doing revenue access capital, and we have all the different lending pl- products on the platform. So everything from SBA to term loans to lines of credit to equipment financing, inventory, asset-based lending, factoring, revenue-based Everything's here on the platform. We also take on some risk. Um, we've done 27,000 transactions, uh, two plus billion in funding now. 
And, you know, it's just it, we, we my the whole goal and mission, really, when I started the company was I saw how challenging it was for business owners. They go to a bank, they get turned down. They don't know why. They don't know where to go. And um, it was really frustrating. You know, that was back in, you know, 05, 06, founded in 07. A lot of the, there's a whole world of non-bank lending that most business owners don't understand. Right. Like there's this whole world outside of the banks. Like to really get like amazing bank money, it's just, it's complex. And you really have to have your stuff together, your financials, the asset collateral coverage, which I think is, you know, worth us talking about because most people don't understand what that means. They just think real estate and it's more than that. But there's this whole world out there. And I bring, you know, the the nation's leading non-bank lenders to the table all in one place. Um, you can have a conversation with us. We can explain to you what you probably get approved for, what you won't get approved for. We'll also give you the why, why, why you won't get something and, and, and explain what you could do to get there or why your business never will, will get X, Y, and Z. So you can understand it because you go to a bank and, and no one explains any of these things. It's just, it's, it's crazy. And through a simple conversation, um, we've got a really you know great team here, just about a hundred you know, folks, 70 in office and, and 20 across the country. We have a simple conversation with you, understand what you're looking for. We explain the options and then we collect, you know, a digital application, all the, you know, financial docs, we package it up. We um, do all the work, we get you approved and we work with you all the way from application to funding. And we move really quickly because, you know, um, we know who's lending and, and what lenders to bring you to. That is awesome. Where were you back in 2002 when I was trying to build an eight and a half million dollar family fund center <laughs> in California? And my business partner, you talk about real estate, right? He had, he was worth about half a billion. And he said, hey, see if you can find somebody to do an SBA loan for us. And we walked in and I had a friend that did it. And I took in his package and he's like, You're, he's so overqualified. I don't think I can get him qualified yeah. for an SBA. And so you're right. There's a lot of reasons that people don't know. What's what's the biggest mistake that you see me as the, the consummate entrepreneur that walks into a, a regular bank, goes into Chase or Bank of America, or it could be the small local credit union. And why do they not want to bank with us? Because in my world, a lot of people think, hey, I've got five million. I make $500,000 a year. I've got $5 million, $10 million in assets and real estate. And they think they can just walk in and get anything done, but it just doesn't work that way. Yeah, it's it's just not that simple, um, you know. And you know, listen. At, first off, everyone thinks they have the best business in sliced bread, and yes, you do. It's all it's all good, uh, and so do I, and so do you, Bill. But the reality is, you know, that's not gonna that doesn't cut it when you walk into a bank or with a non bank lender, right? I think what uh, a few things. One is most people don't have an un, have their financial statements uh, prepared, ready uh, to go, um, and then you know they're not reviewed or audited. And a lot of times when you want to go for big money, you need that. Um, but most people just don't have- Can you have classify big money? Are you talking over 5 million, 10 million? What's big money? When, when you want to work with a bank and, and, or any lender and you start going you know, over 5, 10 million, 20 million, you're really going to have to have at the very least reviewed financials and audited financials are really going to make a big difference because immediately the banks can believe what they're reading, right? When you have a QuickBooks printout and you want to give someone 10, 20 million bucks, like, you know, hey, we- they might want to verify some of that. Man, stuff. There's so, a lot of fucking banks right now that are asking for that on a million to $2 million you correct. Know, investment property. They, if it's not audited, you at least got to have your CPA sign off on it. hundred percent. And and you could do reviewed. A lot of banks will accept reviewed, which is a, a much easier process and, and, and less expensive, which your accounting firm, you know, usually can do. And, and, and a lot of times if, 
you, you know, a lot, if you're not with an accounting firm that understands that you need to change your accounting firm, you need to be with a real business fo focused accounting firm that also gets lending, um, which is, you know, not, not every accounting firm. But what, what the problem is, is, is even if you're profitable, most people say, I've got a great business, I'm profitable, I've got this opportunity. The thing is, it, I'm going to break it down and make it really simple. There's banks, there's asset-based lenders, then there's people that do factoring. Um, there's in those asset-based lenders, there's equipment uh, lenders that focus on equipment. And then assets are also considered, um, everyone thinks real estate, that's the obvious. And so it's, it's real estate. It's B2B receivables. It's like, so if you're selling products to a target or Walmart, just an example, mm -hmm. but a high quality uh, B2B receivable, you can leverage your AR. Um, and inventory, certain quality types of, certain types of inventory. Outside of that, and then heavy machinery, right? But so if you don't have B2B receivables, if you don't have real estate, you don't have inventory, you're pretty much knocked out from a bank. You might get like a hundred grand, 250K, maybe half a million because you have so much profit. But if you don't have that, that collateral coverage, the B2B receivables, the inventory or the real estate, then you're not really going to get money from a bank. And a lot of people don't get that. And, and, and think about there's so many businesses that sell direct to consumer contractors, plumbers, e-commerce businesses, even doctors, right? So banks look at that collateral coverage. People don't understand this. So like I'm profitable. I have a great business, but then they go into a bank. They don't have the receivables. They don't have the AR. They don't have the inventory and they don't have the heavy machinery or real estate. So the problem is most bankers that are processing your paperwork, a lot of times they don't know this. So they'll submit your application and they'll ask you for a million things. And then 90 days later to six months later, you'll get a no. It's very fatiguing. It's very frustrating. So when someone comes to us, we can review all that stuff immediately. We can even go through it on a simple phone call and from there, you know, uh, tell you what you'd qualify for. So if you don't have those assets, like I mentioned, that collateral coverage, a bank's knocked out, an asset-based lender's knocked out, then you're really going to move to, to um, a cash flow lender or an SBA loan. And then if it's an SBA loan, you need to be profitable. You need to be showing a profit on your tax returns and your financials year to date need to be profitable. So what I wind up seeing is people want to get an SBA loan or, and they don't, they, they have growth and they just go into growth and they, and they grow their business on cash flow with there's, there's nothing wrong in doing that. Mm -hmm. But what happens is, is then you're in the middle of a growth cycle. You've burned your cash, you've crushed your profitability. And now you're going to go to a lender and you've already laid out all the money. You've already done everything. So you really want to plan out your growth. And you want to plan and go get the financing before you need it and before you crush your cash flow and for, before you crush your profitability. And that's for banks and non-bank lenders. So I think planning is like key. And, you know, the reality is business, you know, you're just kind of chugging along. You're going, you see opportunity, you get after it. You just want to grow. You're like, I'm going to go do this. And then you get in the middle of it and you're like, oh, shit, I'm, you know, I, I uh, underestimated how much money I was going to need. And then now you're going to apply in the middle of that growth cycle. We still help many companies in that growth cycle. We can get that done. Um, but planning is always going to get you your best terms and, and you know, um, give you the most amount of options on the table. I couldn't agree more. That's probably the longest I've ever been silent on my podcast, just FYI. There were a lot of bombs that were dropped there. I want to unpack two of them specifically. And I want to talk about kind of that cycle, right? Because I've done 29 startups and 
I'm the guy that grows out of cash flow. I'd never spent more than a hundred grand to do a startup until I got into, into real estate. Right. And what you said is a hundred percent accurate. Most people wait till it's too late. They have 200, 2 million in the bank. They go through a growth cycle. They deplete that 2 million down to 200,000. Now they're not bankable. So I think that's where you need to have an expert like yourself. You need to have a great CPA, a great financial advisor to kind of helping you build out that plan of scale. But I also want to go back to, I think a lot of people that own an HVAC company, you mentioned a doctor, even myself, I've got millions of dollars in MRR, essentially contracted revenue, but it's B to C, right? I don't have any receivables, but if I did, the B to C, if I have a million dollars in AR, and for everybody that's not familiar with that, that's accounts receivable, in B to C, and you have a million dollars in B to B, those Walmarts, you know, Nike, Under Armour, whoever it is, yep, you're going to be like 10x more bankable than I am because they're going to devalue or not even consider my B to C, you know, AR, Correct. 100% because what, what happens is in that scenario with the B2B, let's just say there's an issue in your business. The bank owns those receivables. They're going to go after them. They'll co collect directly from the Under Armors of the world, Walmart's targets, um, you know, whatever, Home Depot. In your, you know, in your example with your properties that are really B2C, if they default, they're not, they're not going after those consumers and all the lending laws and everything like that change. So it, 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 it makes a huge difference. Now, if some of those leases were with like you had a like a you know a, you were apple was leasing one of your commercial buildings that lease is going to hold a lot more weight because you know apple is not you there's no, there's no litigating that if apple doesn't pay or wants to move out they're going to have to pay the whole lease in full you know they it's right. you know so they, they like so the the quality of that you know individual who's owning those things do make a difference but, you know, if you're selling direct to consumer, like in e-commerce, people are buying your products, you're shipping it. Um, you know, if, if you default, no one's going, no one can go after those consumers. Right. You, you mentioned earlier, one of the biggest mistakes, and I see this as well, is just not having prepared financials, especially for small businesses, right? God, if they're doing their, their accounting in-house, that's an even bigger problem, right? So... It used to be that most people could walk into a bank pre-COVID if they were strong financially, give a couple of years tax returns, have a, P a couple of P&Ls to back up the tax returns, show some bank statements and get 500 grand, right? Today, yep. now I look at, we, I kind of break it down into three levels, level one, level two, level three. And banks are asking for, like you said, they're asking me for audited financials. They're looking at three to four years. They want to go back to the start of COVID and not just know what's happened over the last two years. The thing that you've talked about really is, to me, I think balance sheet, balance sheet, balance sheet. I look at my assets and I look at my delta, my equity, and my assets on my PFS, right? And I think a lot of people don't understand how to, the value of a personal financial statement, but also putting that together. Are you also seeing requesting of cash flow reports? And, you know, a bunch of other stuff or kind of what, what's the, the, the bare minimum? What would your level one be for an entrepreneur that owns an HVAC company with $600,000 in assets, a million dollars in revenue and two fifty dollars in EBITDA? And what, what does he have to do to get a $500,000 loan to expand today? Yes, yeah, a great question. So in that scenario, we're not going to be really focused on assets. You don't, you won't need audited financials, but what we'll do is we'll look at your last year's tax return. We'll look at last year's financials and year-to-date financials, so profit-loss balance sheet, last year, year-to-date. 
look at some recent bank statements to tie back into the financials and confirm them. So it's a way for us to kind of avoid the whole audited uh, piece. And then we want to see how you're managing your money and keeping money in your business. For somebody to get 500,000 in that HVAC example, they'd probably be, you know, would need to do somewhere around four to 5 million in revenue. And if they're managing their cash flow, not going negative, you know, we would be able to do some sort of a loan based off of, uh, you know, uh, or financing deal based off of their cash flow. Um, and then separately, those guys, like if they need to buy any types of equipment, machinery, you know, trucks, vehicles, we can also finance that stuff over five years with really great weight rates and use that as collateral. And it's another thing I see a lot of construction, you know, people do where at like the blue collar trades, they'll use cash to buy equipment. That stuff is so easily financeable. And when you finance that stuff, you kind of keep your cash flow unlocked so you can use it for working capital. What I see people do is they'll take a working capital product and then they'll buy equipment. That's a long-term asset. That should be financed over a longer term. And when you finance that stuff, it's secured against that equipment. So you keep you keep your cash flow unlocked so you can still pull a line of credit or a term loan or something else against that cash flow to use as working capital to help the business grow. Very similar yeah. in real estate. I hate to see people put 35, 40, 50% down. And a lot of people are just, you know, debt averse. They could have that money working in, in other businesses, other real estate deals as well. Um, yep. Absolutely. That, that is good if you're using it for the right reasons and whatever the deal is that you're doing, it's making money, you know? So, you know, I, I think that's, that's a great thing. It's a tool when utilized the right way. Agreed. So Joe, you've, you've done $2 billion in financing. You've worked with 27,000 entrepreneurs, business owners. God, I guess it's been 17, 18 years, right? It's been quite a while. Yeah. You look pretty young. What, are you, are you coloring your hair and your beard? I mean, come on, you should be looking like me. I, I think there's like a gray coming out here. Um, I, uh, you know, I'm 41 years old. I founded the company when I was 25. I was young and uh, very entrepreneurial and, and, and kind of had this vision. And, you know, here we are, it'll be 16 years in, in December. It's, it's really crazy. And, you know, there's, there's been so much innovation and change in the world of business lending since I started. And I was very ahead of, um, what I, what I, I felt was such a big, you know, big need. And, and, uh, I kind of went after it and was right. I was in the mortgage business prior to, so I get real estate and real estate lending. I saw I had a lot of self-employed customers. They all I was watching them refinance their homes and use home equity line of credits to fuel their companies. And I couldn't understand. I'm like, why don't you just go get a business loan? And a lot of them started asking me for them. And I it's like, why don't you go to your bank? And they would all explain how much a pain the asset was or whatever. They get turned down. They didn't know where to go. It was just fatiguing and frustrating. And um, I found this whole world of private lending and I started getting a few deals done and was really literally just fascinated. I said, wow, like there's not like a brand name place that an entrepreneur can go to and find out like and, and access all the different lenders. And we were doing that in mortgage brokering, right? You go to a mortgage broker and they pull in the right bank, you know, bank. There was nothing happening like that at scale in business lending. So that was the vision. And I said, wow, I, I, I want to create this, you know, brand. And, and uh, you know, here we are 16 late, years later, we're a leader in the space for you know, small to medium sized uh, businesses to access capital. And you launched that like right before the Great Recession started. You probably <laughs> had six to, six to 10 months before that kicked in, right? Um, it, I mean, like five years. I, I mean, it was, you know, it was, I went right into 0809 recession. It was a very scary time. Um, I also had a lot of friends that were, you know, doing all types of stuff around, you know, you know, real estate. Um, and then, you know, anything that you were involved in, anything that was tied, anything financial, I mean, it was, it was a scary time. I had to fight through it. 
I mean, I had, you know, credit cards, my life savings, 401k, my house on the line. I mean, I almost lost my home building the business. Um, so like really get building something from nothing and, and, and fighting, you know, through it. And uh, so I fought through it and got through the other side of it. And then this whole alternative, you know, non-bank lending boom happened. And, you know, I was right in the middle of it, really like a pioneer and just stayed the course, stayed focused, kept reinvesting in the business and, you know, hiring, training people, processes, systems, technology, and then really now the processes, the system, the technology, more importantly, the people. We've built an amazing culture, number one top workplace on Long Island multiple years in a row and um, and uh, rock and rolling. And, you know, I, I, right now as we're making this video, I, I kind of, there's a lot of flashbacks of what we went through in 0809 between COVID and then what's happening with the bank tightening now. And um, the reality so that's what is- I'm, I'm going to interrupt you real quick because that's what I wanted yeah. to ask you. What's what's coming down the pipeline in your opinion? I think that there's a, a lot of unknowns. Um, I think that the reality is, I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity. I think you need to stay focused as any business owner. For us, the banks are tightening. Um, we're going to be doing a lot of lending. The reality is most people are not going to get money from banks. They're going to have to go to non-bank lenders. And you want to work with someone like us that understands it and can help explain it and navigate you through it. Because there's some good lenders out there and there's some not good lenders. But just as, you know, overall, I think there's, you're, I, I, you know, we've been seeing this like rolling recession where, you know, things like sporadically have been blowing up, like transportation, you know, and we saw that um, a big company, you know, that went out of business, you know, 100 years in business. So I, I think, you know, I think you're going to see issues in commercial real estate that's tied to office space and retail. And then I think you'll have some sporadic challenges depending on, you know, what state you live in and what city and you know what industry you're in um and then there's a lot of wild cards out there you know you've got uh you know war and wild things happening in the world and um you've got interest rates that are high you've got an election year i mean there's a lot of shit going on right now but the reality is if you stay focused and focus on the opportunity there's opportunity out there we see over 1500 loan applications per month and, the, and we fund a few hundred deals per month. The deals that we're doing are for all for opportunity. Like there is opportunity out there. There's, there's baby boomer generations that are looking to sell. So there's opportunities to acquire companies. And the companies, the deals that we're doing, which makes gives me confidence and is helping me sleep at night, is people are running to us and saying, oh my God, I need money. I'm going to go out of business. They're saying, oh my God, I've got opportunity. I can't get it from a bank. Can you like get this done? I want to lose this deal. And I think the smartest entrepreneurs right now are, um, they are focused on the opportunity. They're taking advantage of it. They're executing and they're barring, you know, they're, they're finding the capital and they're getting deals done. You know, right now you're going to borrow money from like, if you can get fake money, God bless you. Even if you do prime rates, eight and a half percent prime, let's do it's 10 and a half percent. So, you know, you're, you're going to borrow money at high interest rates. Or you're going to sell, uh, you're going to, you know, raise private equity in a rough market and 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 do a non-fable private equity deal and give up your company. So the reality is, you're going to pay for it no matter what. You got to really do your numbers and know your numbers right now. And if the numbers make sense, don't disrespect opportunities right now because you don't know like opportunities come and go. And when they're there, you need to execute and take advantage of them and stack as much profit as possible. Because if we go into choppy waters, the people that are taking advantage of opportunity, have more capital, can access capital and have the money to go do those deals. Those are the ones that are going to crush it in this type of environment. The people that are going to you know, be scared and do nothing, 
you know, you got to keep growing. You know, if not, you're going to fall way behind. And, um, you know, um, if you don't take advantage of those deals, you could deal with period, periods where there's not a lot going on and you miss opportunities to make, you know, real money and real profits that can help carry you through, um, you know, any type of market. I couldn't agree more. Joe, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate everything that you have discussed today. And there is no question this has been the quietest I've ever been on my own podcast because <laughs> you brought so much value uh, to everybody. The thing it. that I want every, everybody out there listening, just understand, if you are only in real estate, if you're only in short-term rentals, you're still running a business. And there's a lot of knowledge bombs that Joe has dropped on how we should be running our business, how we should be looking at our financials, how we should be planning, how we need to be preparing. So I, I believe liquidity is very important right now, especially if you're going to continue to invest if the market does go into a downturn. So follow Joe on LinkedIn, YouTube. He's everywhere. It's Grow by Joe. Joe, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Look forward to connecting with you again uh, in the future. Have a wonderful day. Always, Bill. My pleasure. Great to see you. Keep growing. The STR Unfiltered Podcast is brought to you by Market My STR, the ultimate all-in-one marketing platform for short-term rental hosts. Are you tired of juggling multiple marketing tools? Say goodbye to the hassle and make your life as a host a breeze with Mark and My STR. Boost your booking rates and increase your revenue in no time with our powerful features. Our platform streamlines your marketing efforts so you can focus on what you do best, providing unforgettable guest experiences. Whether you're a newcomer or a seasoned host, Mark and My STR has got you covered. Stay connected with your guests using our comprehensive set of communication tools. From custom landing pages to text messages, email marketing, and social media integration, we provide all the tools you need to elevate your short-term rental business. Streamline your operations, enhance your guest experience today. Don't settle for less so we can have it all. Make the switch to MarketMySTR's all-in-one marketing platform and watch your business soar. Visit MarketMySTR.com today to sign up for your free trial. That's MarketMySTR.com. Elevate your short-term rental business with Mark and my STR. Thank you for listening to STR Unfiltered, where we give you actionable episodes without the bullshit.